What do they say when you get on a boat? Dope Nostalgia presents. Get ready for Sail Away Sunday. Time to join me with some special guests as we relive the Sail Away to Half Moon Key NKOTB Cruise 2022. Welcome back to the show. Thank you so much for making time today. Happy to be here. This is becoming one of my favorite places to be, Naomi. Thank you so much. Hey, but man, even inviting me back. I, I appreciate you so much, you know, and we, we got a chance to meet. Oh, I know. How often is it? I never get a chance to actually meet the people I talk to. So this was so exciting to finally see you in person and watch you do your thing on stage and just what a, what a, an incredible time. And we and we hung, we hung out quite a few times because it seemed like every, you know, I'm, I'm the probability of running into some of the fans of people that you already know and things. I mean, that's that's inevitable, but we ran into each other about at least eight times that ended up in the same space of where we were. I'm like, is God trying to tell me something? What's what's going on here? That doesn't happen very often. No, I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, especially when you got like 3,000 people on one boat. That part. Yeah. When you got oh, yeah. to, uh, when did you get to Miami? I got into Miami that Monday because, you know, for, for most of my fans that kind of know my history and stuff like that with all the corporate gigs I've been doing, when I first got started with that realm of performing, um, we used to do a lot of gigs on South Beach, right in front of Wet Willies. A lot of my guys used to come out front, right, on, right there on college. They'd be like, what you know about? I said, man, look, you kidding me? I said, but living this Miami life long before most of y'all. Y'all don't even have a clue of the kind of stuff that we were doing during <laughs> that period. And we come back and see all these these old hotels and um, different areas. My, my cousin, Tori, my first DJ, he had lived out there for a while. So I used to just come out there just to hang, and then my boys do a live um, that I grew up with in Bed-Stuy. They were hustling hard down there with their music, and one day I just happened to be there. I look outside, I'm like, hold up. I know that truck anywhere. And I came up on the truck, I said, sit and be, and they screamed. They were like, what the hell are you doing? So I have a lot of history with Miami. We used to do a lot of shows for um for, for Tommy Hilfiger and his family. I'm actually close to one of his nephews. So um, so I, I said, you know what? I haven't been to Miami in a while because most of the gigs I've, that I've been doing have been either in West Palm Beach or Orlando. So I'm just like, oh, we in Miami? I'm like, you know, it's been a minute. Let me let me use the two free days to come up there because I know I was going to run into some of the other fans as well, probably around the city because y'all know any time that the new kids do anything in any town, um, the blockheads take over. So you're liable to run into um fans in the store i mean when, when they did the fenway show i ran into seven of my fans who i've known forever in a cvs so if that doesn't tell you at a low what were the chances a cvs yeah. you know what i'm saying like and i'm not it's not like i'm looking for people to recognize me i'm just doing my regular shopping trying to just get it popping like everybody else and then i'm like all of a sudden i'm like what the hell i'm like we done took over the whole town huh like we really done done well, did some things here 
I figured, okay, Miami is the port for so many cruise destinations all the time. I figured it's constant, got to be um, tourists, tourists, tourists. But Absolutely. I noticed that like every place you'd go to, they were expecting New Kids fans. Like it was like, we really did take over Miami. Yeah. And I but that's every like, town, though. That's, that's really, that's, I mean, every situation, um, not even just New Kids. I mean, any type of boy band related or just groups that really have an extreme amount of popularity whether they be new school or old school that's a, a, a perfect example i had a studio session this was about a month ago so i going to the city because everybody knows the only time i leave my house if it ain't my grandkids or studio or rehearsal or gym i rarely leave my house so it's almost like for me i come out so i get to the city and i'm on the train and shit i get out now mind you i'm wondering why the train's getting more packed by the stop i'm like okay it's four or five o'clock is it a hockey game is it something and guess, I, I went outside, and right there, you know, Penn Station is, is connected to um, Madison Square Garden. So literally, yeah. when you come off, I came up, all I just saw was people in disco ball costumes and all kind of shit. <laughs> and then, the more I kept walking, seeing the line, there were a lot, like, like, like quadruple lines. And then it hit me. Harry Styles is in town. Because remember, <laughs> Harry Styles got the whole... He'd been doing the whole 21 nights thing that he'd been doing. It's, it's been, it was a sold out show every damn night. My, no, my daughter's a huge Harry Styles fan as, as well as I am. So it's like, mm -hmm. the crazy thing is just that I didn't even recognize, but it, it took me a while to hit. So when you have movements like his or new kids in any town, it could be New York, it could be Wisconsin for all I care. They're going to take over that town. Yep, That's just the way it is. <laughs> so I wasn't surprised too much with new kids. It's almost like, okay, it's been a minute, you know, the cruise was postponed, as we all know. So now here we are for some of us back in Miami, because remember, it's my first new kids cruise, but I, of course I have a history with Miami already. So I'm just anticipating, I already knew, I'm like, they're going to take over the town. And showing up the night that I went out to go hang out for karaoke, I ran into like at least 15 or 20 of my fans and people that were just here for the, for the concert, people who I never even met that were here for the new kids thing. And this is in a most unlikely place. I love you that know? you made it to both karaoke's that night too. You know, well, yeah, I, just, I mean, I, I turned around and there you are, and I was so excited to see you. <laughs> it was amazing. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, like I said before, um, you know, the, the fans have my heart. Um, a lot of them, you know, of course, as I told you when we when I was in the show the last time, the history of how I even became close with some of them is because you know, just me being me. And in the, in the reference of talking about the history of music and talking about, you know, certain groups and boy bands and things like that. And then giving a little bit of my history. And then one person that happened to be a blockhead, which I didn't even know at the time. It just came out of nowhere. It's like, you've been reading your tweets about the history of some great groups. And we love all those groups. But I got to ask you something. Are you a new kids on the block fan? And I was like, they're in my top five. And then once that word got out. It's like 2009. This is like 2008, 2009, right around the time when um, when New Kids had just got back together and the whole bit. I'm just like, I was just as happy as everybody else. So um, to see that, it, it still just warms my heart to be around people that love the same things that I love in, in, mm -hmm. in retrospect. And I'm different from the average fan because I'm an artist. I, th mm -hmm. I think that's the reason why a lot, of, a lot of fans do, you know, get with me per se in terms of like respecting me and and, and coming to see my shows or listen to what I have to say, because let's keep it honest. Most artists, you know, back then, you know, 
Some did, but a lot of artists didn't show a lot of other artists love, and especially in the case of New Kids on the Block, because in a lot of ways they were the top of the, the top of the cream, but they were also, in most people's eyes, the bottom of the totem pole. They're like, you know, who these, who are these guys? The critics, you know, the critics that the always critics. had something to say about what they were doing and all this other shit. So in a lot of ways, for some people who were teased about being fans of them or New Edition or Menudo or any any one of the um the 80s boy bands, even when it came to the 90s, people like Jodeci and Boyz II Men, there was still a lot of guys hating on, on that aspect. So they were like, well, this is definitely a little bit more edgy than the guys that we love, but why are you hating on them? So then all of a sudden you have all this confusion of everything else. So for me, getting among the people has always been a thing with me. Even back then before any of this hoopla began. I'm the kind of person when I do a show, the only time I go backstage after except for to prepare is, is to change my shirt. I like to get out among the people and just get a vibe of if they enjoyed the show, you know, and then you learn so much. You know, I'm, I'm an artist not afraid to listen to um, what some of the fans have to say or just in general, just taking in the love and just understanding that I'm personable because I know it's going to come a point in time where I'm not going to always be able to do that. So I cherish that, you know? Yeah. Take in that moment. I love that you get to know everybody and talk to everybody and feel what their experience was during the whole Absolutely. Thing. As as it should be. But yeah, well, you were saying like, I mean, that's just an example. People used to want to tear down whoever's at the top, you know? It's like some kind of jealousy. Yeah, of I, I, I've learned that. I've learned that. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's kind of funny to me because I'm just almost like, you know, and I'm just so glad that our fellas, my big brothers, never mm. gave into that. I think they're living mm. proof that when you play by your own rules of trajectory, you can't lose. I mean, I love what Donnie said on the Coming Home DVD. He was like, I mean, I already knew, but I like to hear him say, he was like, um, over the years, there have been many offers for us to get back together, but none of it felt right to me. He said, because my thing is, he knew that it had to be organic. He knew that everybody had to be all inclusive. And also because if they would have, he said, he said, he made a very good point. He said, if we would have got together for just these people's agenda and not the love of our fans or because it's something that we might've been interested in. And then God forbid, if the performance would have been whack or if it would have been rushed or then we, we set ourselves up for failure. But because we did it on our own terms and everything was organic from the music to the posturing to how we can do that. I mean, look at us now. I mean, what, almost 13, 12 years since they got back together? It don't even feel like it. That's the funny shit. It doesn't the even feel like it went away. The, the timing, timing was, was so perfect. Crazy. And the yeah. album, the album was perfect. The block was... My favorite was, album. My the, favorite album. <laughs> the songwriting, the collaborations, just everything about it. It is still my favorite New Kids album. Yes, absolutely. And the only reason why I say that to people who may be watching, because everybody's like, what am I, what am I? The reason why The Block is my favorite album and honestly their best album notwithstanding unwrapped and 10 because i love those albums too by the way i love all of them but yeah. the block is my favorite album because the block combines the original sounds of the first three or four albums because mm -hmm. face the music is basically if they would have kept going more of the music that they made up until the block would have been just like face the music it would have been literally we're grown now we're in this maturity lane Donnie and Danny was producing like crazy at that point because they were doing other projects besides um new kid stuff. Some new jacks, you know. Swing. And they, I loved it. Yeah, exactly. And they had they had they had the feel of 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 the hang. It had the commercialism of hanging tough, but it had the maturity of step by step because step by step was the one level or step. No pun intended. Mm -hmm. the, the one step.
that was perfect setup for Face the Music. So the block pretty much encompasses all of that. You hear all those influences of the first four albums in that one album. I remember buying that album and taking it to work with me and getting the kitchen guys. I was like, put this on. And uh, the guys were all like, new kids, really? And I'm like, yeah, put it on. They would not stop playing it for over a week. I couldn't get my CD back. (laughs) I I believe it. I I totally believe it. You know, some people, you know, unfortunately, and I hate to say this, Unfortunately, when it comes to consumers, not not all of us fans that love music. I only cater to the people that love more than five styles of music. Y'all know that. But a lot of people who are narrow-minded and only got locked into one phase, and that's the reason why, and I'm not going to make it a somber moment, but um, rest in peace to Aaron Carter. Yes. You know, because I had the pleasure, I don't know if you read my story on, on Facebook. I, I, I'm going to probably post on Instagram after, I, after I'm done doing this thing with you because, you know, I had a chance to hang with Aaron Carter. You know, I, I worked with Nick. I already worked with, hung with Nick, met Nick, worked with him, and that was a, that's my favorite Backstreet Boy. But mm-hmm. I met Aaron at a time when the focus was not even on his music anymore. It was more so about, you know, as we all know, the addictions and things that he was struggling and dealing with. And all I brought up was the conversation of the fact that I remember seeing an old interview with him and Nick where they talked about their love for funk music and hip-hop and how they grew up. And his whole face lit up when I mentioned that interview. He's like, I said, dude, that's one of the reasons why I became a fan of you and your brother. I said, because I knew there was always something different about y'all as opposed to the other members of of the whole Backstreet Boys movement. And then Nick's voice was always very soulful to me. I'm like, he has something extra about the tenor of his voice and explained a lot. So So it made him smile because, you know, for him, he had already got categorized being a former child star. Remember, Aaron's party, he was nine years old, if I'm not mistaken. He recorded that now. Yep. Ten years old. And my thing is that, right. you know, he done grew. He's getting more into music. And then when the record labels and people just won't let go of the nine-year-old version of you, it's, it's a struggle. So between that, which could cause depression, you know, Michael went through that for a minute. Michael Jack, he went through that phase for a minute when he felt like people wanted to for him to sound the same way he did when he was um, 10 years old, but when his voice became the, to have that grown man texture, he didn't embrace it right away. So a lot of people still don't know this about Michael. Michael didn't embrace his grown man voice right away. It took him a while to actually embrace the fact that his voice was changing. It was probably and scary really, to him at first because he didn't know what was well, going to yeah, happen I mean, to his career. Uh, well, right? uh, well, Usher too, believe it or not. Usher went through that. The first mm-hmm. album, between the first album and the My Way album, Usher's voice had changed too. And they were going to drop him, I heard. I think L.A. Reading was going to drop him from the record label. I don't know how true it is, but I've heard a lot of stories saying that if he wouldn't have came out with You Make Me Wanna and Nice and Slow and all that, Usher would have been a moderate hit wonder. Because he had a couple of hits off the first album. But thanks to my way and thanks to him settling into his grown man voice and developing it more, I think that's the floodgates open for Usher. That's the reason why we're still talking about him now. You know, so it's... It's interesting, but I had to just throw that in there because, you know, Aaron struggled with that. But that conversation that we had, that would be the only time I would meet him and hang out with him. And my friend that was there with me, she's like, I remember that conversation well. And I was like, you had his whole face lighting up the fact that you knew what he was doing with the second album, another earthquake. Because people never analyzed it the way that I did. Like, I, I knew their history. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it just it just breaks my heart all around. So I spoke to, I actually spoke to Nick a couple of days ago, actually. So it's like, very briefly, very briefly. Um, 
And it, it just, I just wished them well and just, you know, kept in myself. I got you in my prayers, man. You know, just stay as strong as you possibly can. But that's the reason why. So when people don't understand artistic merit and growth and things like that, it can really play a lot on your psyche. Because, you know, what, mm -hmm. what Erica Badu said, I'm an artist and I'm sensitive about my shit. That's the realest thing ever said on it's the record. It's making yourself so. vulnerable to thousands of people. It's you're, yeah. you're completely laying yourself out there. Um, and like going back to us saying about those guys listening to the CD for, and thinking, oh, new kids on the block. But then it's like they totally changed like their minds when they listen to it and realize, yeah, those guys always had it. They always had the talent. And I think it's important for young artists who are coming mm -hmm. up to see the difference when you've got a support system behind you, people who yes. aren't yes men and people who, who don't. Because look at new kids. They had people behind them to set them straight, take care of the money, take care of them and make sure that they were embraced and taken care of as humans. So they grew up as amazing young men. They're great, right? They've done, yeah. they've done fine. But then so, it's so sad because so many kid stars don't get that. Yeah, and, and the transition is not always a very smooth one. Michael mm -hmm. had a smooth one for a while, but then, of course, as we've seen, even after all the, with, with, with his with his success, I mean, remember, you got to remember, the Jackson 5 were huge already. So when Michael became the solo star, which became, in a lot of ways, even bigger than what he did with his brothers. And yeah. that's a whole yeah. other level of top tier that everybody's not always ready for. And Michael was prime rib because he already had the experience after 15, 14 years. But the emotional, as we all saw, the emotional toll that it took on him as a person, mm. it's not always every day. New Edition went through the same things too because keep in mind the transition that they had to make very much like new kids in a lot of ways where it's like, okay, are they going to accept this part of who I am? You know, mm -hmm. so thank in a lot of ways, thank God for Bobby Brown because Bobby Brown knew who he was early. And that's what made that's why his solo thing became so huge because Bobby was already doing that kind of stuff, like humping and doing all that stuff. <laughs> new edition. I love that song. And it was like, well, you can't do that here. And it's like, well, you know what? Since y'all kicked me out the group, that's why my prerogative was such a, a anthem because he really felt that. He was like, listen, I can finally make the kind of music I want to make. I can gyrate and shake my ass and be as nasty as I want to be on stage. And guess what? It, he became the most unlikely pop star. He sold 20 million records. I can promise you. He was a huge solo that, star. That, that, yeah. that, that, look, and, and it wasn't all black people. There you go. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so Humping Around, I'm man. I, I bought that album when Humping Around came out. I thought the, that's my, the that's my favorite album, actually. Oh, yeah. That's actually the third album. Album, is that the third album yeah okay about, about, i gotta get my facts yeah, straight yeah. <laughs> no 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 it's not just i'm just no because some you know i'm gonna tell you why it's, it's not even so much about getting your facts straight it's more so because the king of stage album was a great opening up for him he had a couple of his girlfriend girl next door don't mm. be cruel became the massive success but then a lot of people forget that don't be cruel is not his first album that's where you know i got lost yeah that's what people but it's like control people for, for janet jackson Control was so huge that people forgot she had two albums out before Control. I know. It's so You're not true. a diehard fan, but if you're not a diehard fan, you wouldn't know. Like me, I'm a diehard Jackson family fan, period. So everything that they did as a as a unit, as individuals, I bought it. So my thing was just that the true fans know. And Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis, I love them because they correct people all the time. It's like, nope, let's get this straight. Before we came into the picture, my mentor, Leon Silver, all the guys that produced on Janet's first two albums. That's why, if you notice, they always shouting out Leon Silver. It's like, 
thank God for Leon Silvers for even just having a liking to us because we would have never, we, we probably would have never met Janet. We probably wouldn't have been around these people that opened the door for us to become a success as producers. So, mm -hmm. so it's not about you getting your facts straight. It's that people, fans naturally get confused. Like, oh, yeah. that's the, oh, okay, that was the first. I said, yeah, because it was so big that you forgot about the first two albums or the first one album that they did. It happens. Yep. No, it's true. It's true. I, uh, I love how we have these conversations like this because it's just so much interesting yes. stuff to learn, you know. And you were talking about Absolutely. Leon too on your social media just recently. Well, I mean, I mean, yes. I mean, if I don't know if you watch, I don't. Did y'all get TV One out there? No. Well, TV, get TV One. one? Okay, so that's, no. Yeah, that's that's the reason why because they just TV One. Um, one of the leading factors in black music programming in terms of mm -hmm. the culture and preservation of us black artists and the history and unsung is one of the greatest series has been, been around for almost 12 almost 12 years now if not more i could be wrong but unsung highlights all of the artists who had incredible success at one point and then you try to wonder why you never heard from them again or why things happen and you find out about the industry i always tell people if you want to if you don't want to hear me talk all day or if you want to just read a document or see a documentary the best way to learn about the music industry is to watch programs like unsung so um in a lot of ways solar records like motown like philly international you know like mca records solar records was the leading record label from 77 all the way to about 85 86 and leon silvers of the legendary silvers family because remember them from um um boogie fever and all those records leon silvers was already a genius before he turned 21 so now here he is to get hired to a record label to create all of these amazing disco funk contemporary R&B records like Shalimar, Second Time Around, um, A Night to Remember, and The Beat Goes On. That's all Leon Silvers. So not the fact that he's just my mentor, but this is the man that changed the sound of R&B music that's still prevalent to this day. You go anywhere in the world, when they play old school music, I guarantee you're going to hear at least 15 records that either Leon produced or from the Solar Music Record label. Same way you would hear Ain't No Stopping Us Now from Philly International or um, or Before I Let Go by Frankie Beverly and Maze. You know, Shalimar and The Whispers and a few other acts from Solar Records has enough hit songs that when you play them, even if you wasn't born in that era, you know them because your parents probably listened to them. Or if you love music the way we do, you did your history and your homework. You kind of know like, oh, shoot. So hold up. The same guy that wrote that book, I'm like, yeah, Leon Silver is the genius. And... If there was if there was no Leon Silvers, there would be no Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis, no mm -hmm. L.A. Reid and Babyface, and no Teddy Riley. Why? Because all three of those guys who I just mentioned that changed the R&B course for our generation. That's our generation. But Leon Silvers is their master. Mm -hmm. He taught them a lot. Yeah, not not just not just from a distance. I'm talking about personally. They all got their cues from him. He opened a lot of doors. That's why again, if you look at every speech that Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis has done in the last three years when they get their awards and mm -hmm. just reset the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. They yep, said, we want, to send a, 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 we want to send a shout out to the one and only Leon Silvers. That's the guy that, that kind of helped brought us into the production game because we wanted to be just like him. You know, Leon led the charge. So he's the reason why those entities were able to change the course of the R&B records for our generation. So there wouldn't be no boys to men or Jones. Thank God or, for them. Or, yeah, so, so Leon, and then the fact that, the, the number one factor being that you notice about him and Teddy Riley, because why? 
on the Face the Music album, Leon Silvers co-wrote and produced Girls and Never Let You Go. That yeah. has Leon's whole signature on it. And when you hear Donnie, like, you got to remember, the times that me and Hank, Donnie hang out, and Leon's niece was actually a backup singer for Charlie Wilson during his culture tour. So when I brought her to him, I said, I said, I got somebody you need to meet that knows your uncle very well. Come over here. So I said, yo, Donnie, this is Cy Silvers. This is Leon's. And you, if you would have saw Donnie's face, Donnie <laughs> bowed in her eyes saying, your uncle. That man, boy, he don't play no games. And I said, yeah, he sure don't. And I can test to that because I work with him. So I know. He's like, that man, will make, he, he made us get vocal parts right that we weren't even trying to, you know, because that's, that's the part of his genius. And so I was like, yep, that's my, yep, that's, he's the same way with me. So, and they took a picture together and everything. So that goes to show you that Donnie still has that reverence for the people that worked on those albums. So to hear Donnie say that about Leon in front of his niece, See, these are stories that I won't make Instagram all the time. These are the personal stories I'm giving exclusively to you and people who watch because people got to understand and know that's really that's really who Donnie is because Donnie don't forget nothing. Donnie was he like, knows everything that that's going on. He does. His he, eyes are yeah, open. He said, that man, yeah, he, he said, Law, the fact that you even been working with Leon like that for the last for the last five or six years, I said, now you know how I feel because you got to remember the fact that y'all guys used them for y'all record at a time when Leon wasn't necessarily the most sought after producer because he kind of had it. Every producer has a heyday, as you know. Every producer has what we call a hot moment where nothing like Babyface at one point was hot for damn near 10 years. Everything he mm -hmm. put out, everybody ran. Jam and Lewis, same thing. I mean, they still get production work, but see, everybody's not going to be hot forever. Longevity is where it counts. Yes. Everybody's gonna have a, a peak in the valley, or up in the down. Remember, there was a point. Remember the, remember the couple of albums that Janet was working on before she got back with Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis that wasn't so hot, because Janet was already an icon. So it didn't matter if that record didn't sell 20 million records. If it had some good songs on it, but there was a period where there was a a lot of fans that weren't really latching on to some of the other stuff that she was doing. But it didn't matter because I guarantee when she said, "Well, I'm going on tour," sold out show. Yeah, that's longevity. This is there. No. That's, but that's longevity. So it wouldn't matter. I mean, the, the 10 album could have sold probably 100,000 copies. It didn't matter. When new kids announce that there's a tour, them seats going to get filled. Yep. Longevity. They don't have to be the hottest thing on the market anymore. They have longevity. And let's hope that 90% of these whack-ass R&B and hip-hop pop acts that are out now, let's hope that they have any one-third of what our heroes have. Ah, oh, so, said so right, so perfectly. <laughs> we I can try. only hope for the future. <laughs> no, I guess wow. uh, talking about the cruise, because I yes. forgot we were supposed to do that. <laughs> yes, but you know, it, it, it only feels like, what, since the last, what, two weeks since we've seen each other? <laughs> I know, it's been two weeks since we've seen each other. Your first mm -hmm. day on the boat, the sail away party happens and everything. What What happened for you that day, very first day? What were you up to? Um... Like I tell everybody else that's been asking me, I was just taking it all in yeah. for a lot of different reasons. Um, the personal reason being that, of course, um, it was my birthday weekend. And, you know, usually when I do stuff for my birthday, besides my, you know, my kids hitting me up a bit, you know, they could be in any part of the world at that point. They're all grown now. And I got my grandkids and stuff. So besides just the normal stuff that I do, because it's usually birthdays for me are a reflection. So for me, um, I just want to be in a different environment. And 
the fact that the fans have been asking me for the last 10 years, oh, when you're going to come on the ball, when you're going to come on the ball. I said, y'all do realize I have a career. I have a career of my own. I had shows. I couldn't just drop my shows and come on the ball. Trust me, if I could, I would. Mm-hmm. But the thing was is that, and then Donnie would say to me, he would text me every now and then and be like, baby, bro, at some point, man, you got to get you on this ball. I said, it's going to happen. You know it's going to happen. And look how God works. It was, I was finally able to make it happen. So getting on the boat was just like, I can't believe I'm here. Mm-hmm. Then the two nights before, you know, the two nights in Miami, I'm running into a lot of my hardcore fans. I'm running into people who really been celebrating me and, and you know, buying my albums and some, some that were able to come to the shows and just saying that they love the way I talk and I speak and the whole bit. So I was just really reveling that moment. So the first day, it was 20 times that because now that we're getting on the boat, I'm really running into everybody now. It's like, oh, it's you like, ah. And then the Lido deck, you know, meeting is popping, so everything else is going on. And if I'm not mistaken, um, I think, and I could be wrong, I think that first night, I think that was the night that I hosted the, the unofficial after party. Where uh-huh. I became the unofficial host. Am I am I am I mistaken? Yeah, you were, the first you, were, you were hyping the crowd. And I yeah, got in there. Because- I see you and Donnie on stage just doing the thing. And I, and there was a few other people up there dancing and stuff. And I'm like, oh, look at Law. <laughs> I mean, and, and, and I say this, yeah, it, 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 it look, look, me and me and Donnie and the rest of the blockheads who were in attendance, we party till seven in the morning. And you know that because you were there. You were there. Yeah. And the thing yeah. is that. It was totally impromptu because I'm gonna say it once again for people who probably had a preconceived notion of what was going to happen. Now, when I went live the night before the cruise, because I went to the, the, um, the, the, the second karaoke thing, Donnie came in my live on the chat and said, "Keep those vocal warms, keep, keep those vocals warm, baby, bro." I'm like, "Okay." <laughs> so I know what that meant. I said, "I don't, I don't know what he listen, listen. Unless me and him sit down and we have our talks like we normally do." I don't even know what my big brother's gonna plan for me. That's how much I love him because he's all I'm unpredictable, but he's that times 20. So my <laughs> thing is like, I'm just staying ready. No, my motto, stay ready so you never have to get ready. So when I came into the after party, you know, I'm like, you know, the, the DJ is killing, the club is jumping. I see people I know like, I'm having fun. I'm yeah. there to have fun. I'm not looking for a microphone or a stage. I'm just there to have fun. So of course, lo and behold, Donnie sees me, he shouts me out. So I'm just like, I'm just thank you for the announcement. Appreciate that. So I'm, I'm partying with you and I'm over, and I'm over here. Uh-huh. So then No Diggity comes on and Donnie does what he always does, you know. Points to me. <laughs> Come this way. And gave me the microphone. And I started singing No Diggity and the crowd went nuts. Now keep in mind. I'm enjoying myself, but I'm also keeping in mind, I'm like, he can probably just give me that microphone to do the song. Let me give him the microphone back. And when I tried to give it back to him, he said, no, nope. continue. I'm like, <laughs> okay. So now I figured I'd do another 10, 15 minutes. You know, I'm like, okay. He's liking the way I'm flowing. I'm hyping the crowd. The DJ's getting my Brooklyn vibe. So now I'm no longer with y'all mentally or emotionally. You know where I'm at? I'm at the lab in Brooklyn. Y'all know about that. That's, that's an old hole in the wall club that we used to go to in the hood called the lab. I'm in the lab right now with my with my boy, with my brother. You know, me and my brother still party together whenever we get a chance to. So my thing is that I'm there now. I'm in the club. The, the crowd is hyped. That's when you, I think that's when I saw you. I started to chew out. I was like, okay, she got this. So my thing is that I'm good. 
So about 15 minutes done passed. I'm thinking, okay, they probably had enough of me already. I'm good. So I try to give Donnie the mic back again, and he's like, no, continue. <laughs> so at that point, I'm like, okay, big bro, you do realize that I don't know when this party is ending, but I guess I'm the unofficial host for this after party because, again, <laughs> I had no plans, but then the people were loving what I was doing, and, of course, I felt the brunt of that because, remember, you were there when he made the golden announcement about 2023 or 24, Law and Donnie after party. So I think that's going to become a mm -hmm. thing probably for the, the next couple of cruises. You know, you know, he, look, he said that. I, look, look, he, he said that. I didn't, put, I didn't put no battery in his back and put a script in. Y'all know Donnie does shit when he wants to do it. So I was not expecting that. I was happy just partying, but he made me an unofficial host, which was pretty much the setup for the next few nights that would happen. I know we're going to get into that in a minute, but just mm -hmm. more so... After that first night, I mean, come on, seven o'clock, six o'clock in the morning, I'm I'm stumbling in, and I don't even drink, but I'm just overloaded with party. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, it was up the yeah. Then I went to sleep for like damn near a whole day, then went to the beach, and then that's when I knew <laughs> that it was real, because when I went, I woke up just in time to go to the beach because I didn't even know where they were going. I'm like, where's everybody going? I'm like, I'm going to the beach. You know what? I'm going right with y'all. And I went right with them on that line and went to the damn beach, and people were running up to me. People I didn't even know. Some people I didn't even know. They were like, you the guy from the after party last night. And then um, our, our, one of our good friends, Katrina, from Kick Up Your Heels Entertainment. I know, Hi, know Katrina. We love her, yes. Um, yes, love Katrina. Katrina told me that there was a guy at the club that was halfway asleep. I think they, I think they, he was sitting next to them or some, some shit like that. And basically they said that when you got on the mic and started hyping the crowd, he was up. Like, he literally was like, and he's like, yo, this guy is good. Like, I like his energy. And then there were other people that were telling me that they have been on the cruise previous time. They've been on all the cruises to now. And this is what they said. I'm not saying this from me. I'm saying this. They said this. That was the best after party that that he's ever done. So there I'm you got so, There you have it. I feel blessed that I was able to be there for that because I, I just remember getting in the room and the the energy was so fantastic. The The vibe was so positive. And I, I turn over to one side and it's like, there's Hide dancing next to me. Hide from Japan. The guy's the, elected. Oh, yeah. I, I, love, I love him so much. That's my I love this man. guy. And I'd never even met him, but I looked at him and he looked at me and we smiled and we're dancing. And then I'm looking up at you guys on stage and I'm like, this is incredible. <laughs> this is incredible. Positive vibes only. That That's what people don't get. Positive vibes. I'm from the era and from the environment, no matter how crazy things got in the hood. A lot of us used to go to the city to park. We want to be in the hood all day to go to these hole in the wall clubs unless we wanted to. But that was always the vibe. So when you hear about the notorious, oh, there was a shooting up the club. I said, that's because they let ignorant people in. When you let stupid people in, stupid things happen. But mm -hmm. most parties that me and my brothers went to back in the day, even to this day now, we feel the vibe out. If the vibe is incorrect, we won't stay. I'm like, uh, I'm not liking the vibe in this place. I, it's time for, it, I don't think we should be here. And no, usually, everything not about that I'm felt great. Say what? A lot of times, a lot, everything about that place felt great that night because I know, like, now being in my 40s, I don't really like going to nightclubs anymore. I feel uh -huh. disconnected with the crowd. And, you know, you run into situations like you just said, but this yes. felt like it should feel. Yes. Like, it, you know, it felt, it, 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 yeah, it just felt, it felt good. It felt that's why I said I, I pretend like I was back at the club and my and I even told my brothers that night. I texted them all. I said, "Man, the only thing missing is y'all motherfuckers because y'all know if y'all would have came with me on this shit, 
it, it would have been uh, because that's because a lot of the music that I make is is from that era or at least that atmosphere where you just want to go to a party to hear a good song. And if if you're a guy and you're lucky, you might meet somebody you like. You might get a chance to talk to them and find out what their interests are, or as Biggie said, who you be with, like that kind of shit. Because that 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 song was real. Because when Big Papa, he was basically giving you insights to how most of us Brooklyn dudes be at clubs if nothing's not nothing crazy is going to happen. So I really feel like that atmosphere that night, and even all the other nights, that the party atmosphere was so positive and so real. You couldn't ignore it. You really couldn't ignore it. It just, it just, it really, it really set the tone for what the next three days for me was going to be like. And I really felt I haven't parted like that in a long time either. So right, right before I went to bed that night too, I was like, okay, I got, I'm gonna go over it. You're up on stage next to Donnie. Donnie's dancing. I walked up to Donnie and I said, "I'm Naomi from Dope Nostalgia," <laughs> and he goes, "Yes, I know. I've listened to your show." And he was so sweet about it. And I'm like, really? <laughs> He's like, yes. Uh huh. Uh-huh. And then I remember you pointing at me going, yeah, yeah. You guys made my day. It was awesome. And I just looked at you. Remember the conversation we had? I just looked at you and be like, yeah. didn't I tell you? Because I, <laughs> <laughs> I, I know look, a lot of people, I mean, you know, there's still fans that haven't made that type of personal connection. But, you know, what makes Donnie and even the rest of the fellas, but in particular Donnie, a superhero is because with all the busy stuff that we all got going. You know, he's on Blue Bloods damn near every day. I mean, there were times where mm. as much as me and him hang out, I already know. Like, I was in Hawaii with them, as you know. I was in Hawaii with them. And we was able to, to speak for, for a few, and, and, uh, like, there was one other day that we had, got a chance to build each other. On the third show, he warned me early. He was just like, yo, Lord, I'm just going to let you know if I don't see you, I have to jump on the plane and head right back to the set after the last show is over. Uh-huh. That's how serious... The, yeah, the, the, the shit is with him in terms of making moves. But I know what that feels like. Look at what happened. I was in this house for the last two days, organizing, getting myself together, and I get a call. Hey, Long, they want they want to book you for a show in West Palm Beach for this Thursday. Can you do it? See what I mean? That This is the life that we live. When you're, when you're an artist and a performer and a musician, you have to be ready at all times. You have to be ready mm-hmm. to get up and go. That's why I'm glad I have a bald head. Because, see, if I didn't have a bald head, I had to have somebody do my hair or... Do some other crazy sh- like You're I'm so ready to get best. up and go. <laughs> I'm just ready to get up and go. I, I, look, I cut my own hair now, especially after the pandemic, because you know nobody was going to barbers during the pandemic. So right. I literally learned how to shave my own head. So yeah. I'm just, you know, it makes it easy for me for the life that I live. I, don't, I just want to be ready to go and be ready to do certain things. So I mean, but Donnie knows more than, than what people fail to realize. Donnie is mm-hmm. very, very much in tune with everything and everybody around him. And he's yes. a Leo like my twin daughters. So that's another reason why I know, because my daughters are the same lovable way. Lovable Leo. Like, yeah, lovable Leo. That's what he is. After these messages, we'll be right back. We're going to dance and have some fun. Hey friends, you know what I really love doing is podcasting. It's so much fun and I've been so lucky because I've talked to amazing people so far doing this show and I'm trying to bring you guys the very best content I can. Now in doing that, it does get kind of expensive and I'm on a little bit of a budget to do so, but there's a way you guys can help out and it's called Patreon. If you visit our Patreon page, you can subscribe to our podcast and get all kinds of ultimate perks just for subscribers. 
There's different tiered levels, so you can join for only $1 a month if you like. What's in it for you? Bonus content. We'll give you a shout out on the show. We're going to be recording all kinds of super secret stuff just for our Patreon subscribers. And in doing that, in subscribing, you're going to help us pay the bills. Help me pay my phone bill when I'm calling people far away for an interview. Help us pay for our licensing fees so we can play you awesome music clips and so much more to help keep this boat afloat. Join our Patreon at patreon.com slash dope nostalgia. Hi, we're the new kids on the block. Now you can hang tough with us 24 hours a day on our brand new hotline. Just pick up your phone and call us on 1-900-9095-KIDS. You hear our most secret day-to-day thoughts. Let's check this out. We'll tell you all about our brand new talking fan club hotline. Word. It'll blow your mind, so call us right now. Plus, a portion of each call helps us support United Cerebral Palsy. So remember, we'll, we'll be loving you forever. forever. See ya. $2 for the first minute, 45 for each additional minute. Kids, get your parents' permission first. The next day, like you said, a beach day, and you got when you got yeah. to the beach, th- that was one of the days where I really got to take in how Donnie Wahlberg puts everything out there for for us. He puts yeah. his whole total self out there for us. He gets up early in, in, and starts doing his thing. They go, they do the Olympics. He probably took at least 300 selfies on the beach that day, yeah. at least, and then, yeah. then goes and does a concert. Yeah. <laughs> Two-hour concert. Then goes yes. on the Lido deck for hours and hours and another after party till 6 a.m., 7 a.m. Yeah. Like the guy our, is our, amazing. Our bodies, our bodies are conditioned. And I speak that way of me, mm-hmm. Donnie, Danny, and even Jordan, and even Joey. John is built for it too, but you know, what, what, what I love about John is that John likes to do the mystique thing. He 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 earns that so well. I tell him all the time every time we chat with each other. I'm just like, he'll poke his head in for a minute. Be there, and then he'll go for a while, but then somehow or another, I don't know if it's the song or it's the energy. Next thing you know, John is back for more. Like, ah, okay, he's right John he had it. my heart. He was so entertaining. And like when the fireworks were going off, the look yeah. on John's face, like the pure joy of just him watching fireworks. <laughs> well, because it's, it's, because it's the simple things. I, I think with yeah. all the things that us artists and entertainers have to do, we enjoy like this past Sunday. I spent the whole day with my with my grandbabies. Mm-hmm. You know the simple things. Yeah. So even in those little moments of enjoying fireworks, or when I go to certain places and they put us in these great hotels, and a lot of times there'll be like a pond nearby or some type of access of water, or like a lake or something like that. I'll just go sit there for a good hour and some change, just take everything in because I know that when, once once I get my ass up and I have to go back to the hotel to get ready to do. The planet solve law thing i'm in that moment so looking at john meyer fireworks you know for him it's the simple things when they were growing up in boston just to, that's what connects me with them because it's like that for us in brooklyn some of the same places that me and my brothers used to go are still around so every now and then it'd be like we're going to have the next day i know where you want to go let's go to best style fish fry that was the spot we went to as kids it's still there so we'll go for a meeting now we grown ass men with kids now but it just reminds me of that type of innocence. And I think that, you know, new kids as a whole, even new addition, what they do is they remind us without reminding us. They just be in themselves in that moment of showing you that these are the times and the situations that bring us together. That's why that song, Bring Back the Time, is so pivotal because 
you know, it, it's, they, it's not it's not the it's not the the um the only kind of song they made like that. Cause it still sounds good to me. It's the same thing. It's the same thing. So it's like the theme of it all is we spend so much time enjoying life that we forget on every level that the simple things still matter, no matter how chaotic that life gets. You know. Said very well, <laughs> very well. That night too was the first night that you went up on stage on the Lido Deck party. Yes. The second it night. Was. Donnie calls you up. I'm there. I was like ready with my camera. <laughs> I get this video of you. You were doing some Michael Jackson and completely yes. slaying it. Oh, everybody thank loved you. it. Oh, yes. thank you. Oh, oh, you ready to hear the story behind that? <laughs> there's, yeah. there's, a, there's, a, there's a crazy story behind it. So <laughs> here's the plan. This is what people don't know. And it's probably be the last time I told this part of the story. But um, of course, great day. Spent time at the beach. People are still asking me. He's like, well, you know, you think that I said, listen, if my big brothers hand me the, any of my big brothers hand me the microphone, I will be ready. But again, mm. I'm here to enjoy the festivities. My birthday weekend, I'm on a cruise with a bunch of fans. And, and I got my big brothers here with me and the staff, you know, Earl, Sean, those are my boys. And I'm like, I'm happy. Look, free food. I mean, what? how can you lose? It's like, for me, <laughs> that was a good buffet. I'm, I'm, just enjoy, I'm just enjoying the, that, that buffet was crack. Mm. <laughs> look. look. So I went to the I, I went to the gym four nights in a row when I came back. <laughs> I wasn't playing. I, I had to. So anyway, um, so there was an initial plan with some of um my my fans who I've known for a long time. They wanted to go as the Robert Palmer girls. I did the to love video, mm. and one of them asked me to be Robert Palmer. So I agreed. So I'm like, you know, yeah, definitely, let's do it. You know, so I I made sure that I packed my white shirt and my black tie and my slacks. So let's keep it real. When you go on a cruise, you're not bringing no suit. You're bringing shorts, you're bringing sweats, you're bringing, if, if, if you like your toes out, you're bringing your sliders and your sandals and whatnot. You know, yeah. you're bringing your t-shirts. So I was ready and amped, but because of badass spotty Wi-Fi, I couldn't keep connection with, with some of the girls. It was hard to like, oh, yeah, I got that. And then of course, the Lido deck was even more crowded on the second night than the first night. Because remember, everybody didn't, everybody didn't come on the first, it seemed that way, but everybody didn't come on the Lido deck the first night. It was still packed, but it wasn't as big as it was the second and third night. So I figured in my like, mind- what were they doing? <laughs> it, 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 it was crazy. So then, and then mind you, so combine, combine that big ass crowd with the fact that the Wi-Fi was spied. So I'm only getting messages like, we're on the right side of the thing. And, I'm, and keep in mind, I'm looking, I'm like, I don't see anybody. Cause somebody waved their hands so I can know if it's y'all. I didn't, and then of course the message, the messages weren't getting through, and I was just trying to be in a secure spot because what I didn't want to keep doing was trying to walk around and make my way through in case I didn't see anybody. So and I really didn't. So yeah, I ended up just standing there because I figured, okay, if more than likely, if nothing else, I'm going to see the girls after this shit is over because we all got to go the same way anyway. So I'm just like, let me just stay put. No, just enjoy the show. Again, enjoy the show. Not try to get up on stage or hope that Donnie recognizes me. No, I literally was planting. I had by that point, it's like, man, this is this is getting more crowded by the second. I'm getting agitated. You know what? Hopefully, I'll see one of the girls. Hopefully, I'll be able to spot somebody, somebody run into me. And right in that moment, when there was all these possibilities, Billy Jean comes on. So I'm like everybody else. I'm excited. I'm like, oh shit, they playing Billy Jean. And next thing you know. Donnie just blurts out, where's where's Lord? Where's my little brother? 
and people began screaming. And of course, I'm like, wow. Now keep in mind, you know, for those that don't know, I think I told you this in the last interview that we did together. Um, you know, Michael is, is extra special to me because outside of church, that's how my career started as a singer, because mm -hmm. I used to perform at my mother's parks department shows in New York City, imitating Michael and mm -hmm. singing for real, like singing and doing the set. I had to beat the jacket, the thriller jacket, the whole thing. I was I was the Michael Jackson of St. Mark's pretty much in Brooklyn. I was pretty much that guy. Before before Prince and Stevie and all those different influences came into my life, it was all things Michael. Michael was my ultimate hero, like any other young black kid. So in any event, I'm coming to the stage, people are yelling, they're like, oh, you gotta get my boy. So, because remember, everybody was waiting and asking. They was like, and as you saw, as soon as I got up, gave me the microphone and the spirit of MJ took over and the crowd obviously loved what they saw. Now keep in mind, if you remember, it was drizzling. It was kind of raining. Yeah. And the stage was already wet. So what mm -hmm. you don't probably know, the metamorphosis mentally when it comes to performing for an artist like myself who dances aggressively, the, the, the first test I did was the spin. That's funny because everybody started screaming and yelling when I did the spin and the kick of my leg. But they don't realize that I was testing that spin because I usually do full spin. I could do a whole full spin like Michael. You've probably seen that in my rehearsal video. I, I could do full spins in the whole bit. But I said, okay, Law, if you're going to do a full spin, you're taking a risk because the walkway of the stage is very narrow. See, if, if I had the backstage, if I had that stage where everybody was kind of like hanging out at, if I would have had that, I would have went for broke. But I'm on a, a narrow-ass walkway. It's raining. Nobody came and cleaned off the stage, really. Yeah. So I had to be mindful. So if you notice, I kept those spins at a minimum, but the crowd was still, I'm like, wow. Y'all haven't even seen the full shit of what I normally do with this thing. You know, when I do Michael, you know, and then as you know, I did, I did the moonwalk too. I moonwalked back to where they were and it went crazy. But thank God the stage stopped right there because again, if you go too hard, that magical moment that everybody's talking about my performance, it would have been an embarrassing moment. And I wasn't about to have that shit happen. Mm -hmm. So I kept it at a minimum to where people dug it. And then people were telling me, my Lord, you couldn't see it. You was in the zone. But um, Joey and Danny, and they were going crazy. Like they were looking at this, like, like power big brothers watching you do the thing. <laughs> I said, yeah, because guess what? That's how they all started. Mm -hmm. The Jacksons were everything to any, any white, black, and Hispanic kid that wanted to sing and perform in the 80s. The Jacksons and slash Michael Jackson's solo career, that mm -hmm. was the template right before New Edition came into the mix. Do you know what I'm saying? So that's why a lot of people didn't know what happened behind the scenes with that, but that was really what was going on. I'm thinking in my mind, I'm like, okay, Law, this is your moment, but be very careful. Don't don't get too crazy with it, because if you get too crazy with it, you're <laughs> mistake. And your moment, people gonna be, they're not gonna remember what you did, gonna remember how he bust his ass. I'm not stupid. Cameras were out. I knew. Once oh, I yeah. was in that moment, I'm like, okay, Lord, keep it clean. And I did. So the fact that I kept it clean, and people just like, one person thought, it's like, yo, I really thought, I did my, I just did my research. I thought you was like an MJ impersonator. He's like, no. And they didn't know. So a lot of people were able to learn. And of course, he asked me to kind of host again because I'm thinking I'm good with my little 10, 15 minutes. I'm having fun. And then I think Kid and Play or some other hip hop records came on and yeah. Donnie gave me the mic. He was like, nah, go up and, and so it was it was basically the after party all over again, but this time it was on the Lido deck. 
Yeah. Didn't you guys do that kick move too? Yes, we did. Totally not rehearsed. Yeah, you did. I remember that. That was people fantastic. Know, but, people, but people thought like, damn, y'all such, y'all just, ne I said, that's my big brother, man. I'm like, you gotta remember, if we would have known each other back then in their heyday and me coming up in the game, you already know. It would have been a, me, me and those guys, it would have been a 20-year friendship at that point. You know what I mean? So the relation of the stuff that we grew up on and, and hip-hop culture, which is all me, Danny, Jordan, and Donnie live for, because, you know, we're all, we're all certified breakdancers. So all things Run DMC, Houdini, um, Biggie, Wu-Tang, like, you know, I can, we could talk about things like that because of the our, our immense love for hip-hop culture and the fact that we're involved in the fabric of that, you know, them as new kids and then even just with me as law and the people who I worked with. And I tell people all the time, I say, you gotta remember, Donnie met me as an artist first. Mm -hmm. But come mm -hmm. to find out when I first met him, he knew all about me already. Typical Donnie. He's like, I read, yeah. He said, I, re I, re I read your tweets, young man. You, re you truly know your, your, your new kid's history. Like you really, the fact that he said, your mother won first place. I said, yeah, my mother won first place that night because the taping was still going on during that period. People don't know how the taping worked. They just think like, oh, this was done that day. I'm like, no. It's different segments, you know, how you film stuff. So that was a magical night. I, just when I thought the after-party thing couldn't have got any crazier, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I was definitely feeling myself that night. And more importantly, I was feeling the love. Yes. The fact that, you know, my, my big brother thought enough about me to give me the microphone to come out and do my thing. I mean, like I said, Donnie could have called anybody to, to sing Billie Jean or, or to do that, you know, but he thought about me. So I, I can't, and, and then we part, and then we partied some more after that. We went to the, the next after party, uh -huh. which was crazy. <laughs> seven in the morning, seven so in the morning fun. again. Yeah, I missed my excursion the next day because I needed sleep. <laughs> I didn't go back to Beach Day number two. <laughs> I've learned a lesson here: don't book excursions on new kids cruises. Save that for other types of vacations. <laughs> well, because see, on vacation, your vacation name. So yes. certain things that you know you're not going to be able to do, you don't do them. Like if I know I'm on vacation, party. This is a party. This is a party. See, but I already knew it without even really knowing. So mm -hmm. for me, it was like, well, shit. Damn, motherfucker, you going? You you, oh, you still party like that? <laughs> Let's see. My feet. I don't have any feet issues. I don't I have any know. leg issues. Then you know what you're capable of too, because I'm like, holy shit! Look at all I've done with hardly any sleep for four days. This is insane. I love it. Fourth yeah. day, fourth day, GPS night is your birthday night, and that yeah. was so dope too. That was like amazing. The uh, champagne shower. Leave it up shower. to my brothers to make me cry. Yes. <laughs> leave it. Leave it. Leave it up to my. Leave it up to my brothers to make me cry. I it fought was, back a it lot was of beautiful. tears. It, it, it was emotional, and, I, 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 and I'm not afraid to say it. I, I, just, I just talked about it about eight different times since then. But um, just when I thought that nothing could top my five hours of hanging out with Stevie on the MA, Stevie Wonder, <laughs> remember I told you about that. That Yeah. Just when I thought nothing could top that, <laughs> here comes my Dorchester Big Brothers in celebrating me. Not only bringing me up on stage to perform, and this time Joey brought me up because I think Donnie had to go run and change real quick and do something. That's right, and, Joey um, did bring you up. Yeah, Joey, so Joey cool. brought me up. And it's crazy because, you know, after that, 
um, DJ Cool Whip, I think he was trying to announce my birthday, and Donnie was like, ah, 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 no, we going to do this. Because I think Donnie wants to make it a personal mission to to celebrate me. And, you know, and not to say that I haven't celebrated in that magnitude before, but this was different because, first of all, you can't lose when you have over 3,000 fans showing you love. And then the majority of those fans that have been rocking with you from day one, they got to know you way before me and Donnie ever made a pact to, to work on stuff together or even just becoming friends like we have, you know, it's still the energy I felt from the people that really concerned it. So going back to how that that moment could have almost gotten ruined because I had to deal with a Karen who was right behind you, if you remember. There was? Remember you were in front of me? Yeah. That I, story I, told I saw you post today there, there was a Karen issue, yes, but I didn't know right. who it was. You don't remember when I tapped you on your shoulder to let you know I was behind you because I saw you? Oh, yes. Okay, I remember that. I thought that the two girls that were next to me and the other girl. Now, mind you, you saw from that distance. I wasn't in front of these girls, but for some strange reason, this Karen with a trucker hat from Maine thought that I was in front of her. But I got some new information I just got recently. My boy Cedric, who, you know, who's yeah. now, you know, my nephew, Cedric, he told me that before me and, and, and my nephew got to the Lido deck, that this, the same girl, she already had an attitude with everybody. So mm -hmm. see, that's how I know. It wasn't me, but even in point, she had the wrong one that day. Because see, the thing with me was that, this is before I knew that she was in front of me. Because the disrespect level came, because y'all, you know me, when I, when I walked through the crowd, now mind, it's, it's, it's the fourth the last night. We don't walk through this crowd about four times already in the last four days. I'm like, Everybody knows the rule. You maneuver, you say, excuse me. If you're trying to get somewhere, you know, of course, we're polite. I'm running people like, hey, what's going on? You want to get up? I say, I might get up on stage tonight. What happens? So I'm there. Yeah. So now, mind you, when I find a place that I'm locked into, I turn around. I make sure that I'm not in front of anybody. I'm yeah. 5'10", which is average height. So I'm always conscious of if I'm standing in front of somebody or if I'm standing too close up on somebody. Because mind you, the Lido deck was packed. It was packed. Yeah. So my mm -hmm. thing is that I'm always considerate, no matter yeah. where I'm at. I don't never, I don't never use my my status as who I am and people. The fact that people, if, if you notice, and people that see me at the um, new kids or new district shows, they'll tell you they'd be like, "Yo, if Law's not backstage, Law be in the audience with us partying. Like he'd be literally in the section where I'm not getting in front of no. I'm not going to sit there and be like because those are my friends and I'm I'm Law and I'm backstage. Fuck all yo. I don't have that mentality. I'm like I'm with the people too. Now, if I want to be backstage, I can be, obviously. But the thing is that I'm chilling because I already know that, you know, after Donnie and Danny made a case that, well, you know, tonight's your birthday night, so we're going to need you again. So be prepared for us to call you up on Danny. Danny already told me. So I'm like, okay. So I said, okay, well, let me get in the spot that I'm usually in because this way, if, if they happen to see me or whatever, not see now it's official now. Before I wasn't make sure Donnie, but now I had to because they're going to, if they're going to bring me up on stage again, I have to be somewhere where they, where they can see me. I can't be all the way in the back and in the other areas. I have to be where they can see me. So yeah. so I get into my section. I'm looking behind them. I'm like, okay, I'm not in front of her. I'm not in front of them, so I'm good. I get a nudge on my arm. Hey, you. So, you know, my first instinct, because, you know, you don't, you don't nudge a, a black man at a concert. Because where I'm from, that's you, you're asking to get your ass whipped. Mm. Unless I know you, I turn around and I'm just like, no, first I'm just like, I said, is it, what's, what's the problem? 
He just got in front of us. I'm like, I didn't get in front of you. You're over. I'm talking to you diagonally. So how am I in front of you? If I'm like this, how am I talking in front of you? And then her friend was like, you know what Joey said? Make the right choice. I said, no, this trick did not try to use a Joey colloquialism (laughs) in front of me. I'm heated by this. I'm seething at this point. So then the other girl who was on the um on 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 the um the left side of me that had nothing to do with the other two girls, they're not together. It's those two girls and this girl. So the other Karen, the one I was talking to, yeah, I called her Karen. <laughs> that Karen oh, tries to combo with the other girl and say, Was he just in front of you? Wasn't he in front of you? And you can look in her face and tell she really didn't want to answer, but of course. When white Karen side with each other, it's called the Karen combo. Because she knew I was nowhere in front of her. So she's like, yeah, well, you kind of were in front. I said, hmm, I see what this is about now. And then I said, well, here's the thing. Before we got into an argument, because I'm just like, yo, first of all, you shouldn't touch me. So she apologized for that, but I wasn't really hearing it. So then I looked, I said, well, anyway, in case you must know, the only reason why I'm even standing over here is because I'm very well maybe performing tonight. And her and her friend was like, ah, get the fuck out of here. You ain't performing. Ah, if I'm performing, I guess everybody has to performing. I'm performing, you performing. So she was being sarcastic. If you would be, mm. if you were performing, then you, you would be up there with the rest of them. I said, no, I don't have to be because first of all, I'm not going to block the hard, the people that spent their hard on money to enjoy a show if they were already here first because that's disrespectful. So I'm somewhere where I can be seen where I'm not blocking anybody. But you said that I'm blocking you. No, you just want to start trouble. And I didn't say nothing else after that. I said, you know what? I caught myself. You know what? You have a blessed evening. It's my birthday. I'm here to celebrate myself. I got my brothers here with me. I got fans that love me. I'm not even trying. So I stepped back. Now, here's where it gets funny. Donnie gets on top of the bar. If you remember, during Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah. So we all turn like this. So guess where Lawrence is now? I'm in <laughs> front of you, stupid. It wouldn't matter. I'm in front of you. So that I, I, I looked at her like she was stupid. I'm like, I bet you feel real stupid, don't you? And not and to make matters worse, Donnie, I didn't even think he saw Donnie saw me, got on, I think it was Earl's back or, or Sean's back. And he was like, Happy birthday, Law. I didn't say nothing. I just kind of kept it there. And no matter within, I think within the next 10 minutes, right before I tapped you on your shoulder. Because I saw you. I was like, oh, shit, they know me. Hey. So what happened? Billy Jean comes on again. Now, keep in mind, I did not think that they were going to call me for Billy Jean. I thought they might have probably called me for Poison because, you know, they know how much I know the new dish steps and all that stuff. Yeah. Something, and they might call me for something else. They might call me for something totally abstract to put me to the test. I don't know. But, of course, Joey was like, ah, uh, uh, where is he? Come on. Yeah. Encore. <laughs> Encore, nobody did that better. Nobody could do that better than you. You could come. And if you would have saw the look on those chicks' faces. <laughs> there you go, boy. They, <laughs> in Brooklyn, we have a thing called the butt hurt look. They was looking so butt hurt. And mind you, especially when the birthday thing happened and Donnie gave the most amazing speech about his little Brooklyn brother. You know, y'all heard what he said. And again, yeah. I didn't write this for him. Nobody loves music. They're more passionate about music or the new kids like my little brother. And when they were singing happy birthday, 
now mind you, I'm looking around, I'm with people I saw, you know, I saw you of course, I saw everybody, people who people the people who I could see, like, there was people I couldn't really see. Because remember, it's like it's it's wildness, it's pandemonium. I'm like, and but I caught them though, and you would have saw their face. They had the ass look, they couldn't even sing happy birthday, and then on top of all that shit. After that was over, before um dying the whole champagne thing and, and 50 Cent in the club came on, oh, you could yes. tell these, you could tell that these trucker girls didn't know nothing about hip hop because everybody's having a ball and they just stand there like this. <laughs> Looking ass out, and then to make matters even crazier. You was remember when we saw each other after the thing was over when we pulled into Miami? Yeah. When we pulled into Miami. You, no, you didn't and mind you, I could I could have been petty. You know that I could have been real petty. They passed by us while we were talking. Oh, really? My my right hand to God and my kids. I think yeah. God did that on purpose because what were the chances of three thousand people after the show is over? <laughs> when we were talking, when I was talking with you, Chair Chatter and and Rats and all of the cast from yeah. Rats and everybody, we were having that conversation after everybody them kind of cleared out. They were walking and they were looking over in my direction while they were walking. And I just kept looking at them like, that's what the moral of the story is. Treat everyone you know with love and respect, even if your day is not going so good. Yeah. I was married, I was married for 13 years. Me and my ex-wife are still very close. You want to know why? Because if she was here, she would even tell you. And I said, you can tell them the world. Did I ever have a grumpy side if I had a bad day? Say no, you always just give me a hug, and you know if, if something wasn't going down that night, you literally was, or you never took, you never took your anger out of anything that you were going through on me or the kids, mm. because I don't live for anger. You know what I'm saying? I didn't grow up in that kind of environment, even though the hood was tough to grow up in. But the thing is, just that treat everybody with love and respect, because you don't know who knows who. Now, if I was a real petty, because I could, you know, I could be petty, but if I if I really wanted to be petty. I could have just kept it quiet and went right to Sean and be like, can you escort this lady? She put her hands on me. No doubt. Now, question, not because I'm using it as an influence, because I'm being real, because that's what you, I can't put, I'm not going to put my hands on no woman. Never. No. I got daughters. No. I would never put my hands on any woman. Now, I will curse you out and disrespect me, but you're not, I'm not going to put my hands on you. So if the I crazy realized, part is that. If I had realized all this was occurring behind me, I should have just been like, all right, come on up here with us. <laughs> you know why? Because but, because because here's the thing. She would have felt even more. That's before I knew that you, that you was in front of me. I didn't know you was in front of me yet. Until so like after we turned around, yeah. and I saw the um, I saw yeah, I saw the um, because I know your face. I saw. I'm like, oh, that is her. I'm like, yeah, that's her. So the thing was just that. No, trust me. I would I would have literally did that. But you know what? God has a way of doing things that none of us can understand and shouldn't want to because He's God for a reason. Because all I could think yeah. about was. Now, God forbid if I spaz out on this chick and just cursed her out and did the whole Brooklyn thing, like because I, I could have easily did that. And God forbid, thank God that my, none of my sisters came with me. Thank God none of my daughters came with me, my oldest daughter and my, my youngest. They don't play about their father. So for me, it would have been like, you know, so but I'm just saying more so God had his way. That's why I said, you know what, you have a blessed evening because, you know, I, I, I see where this is going. I'm not going to spoil my night. I'm not going to mess it up for the fans. And I damn sure ain't going to mess it up for my big brothers. Not, not, no, no way in hell. I'm not going to, you're not going to do that. With and that was making the right choice. Not what she now, said. See, exactly. <laughs> because see, they, they try to use that whole Joey thing to prove a point. I'm like, that's not what he meant. And the thing is, is that, but you want to look important and try to champion 
your your the, the guys who you fans of. I'm like, yeah, there's a difference because I'm actually close to those guys. Y'all guys are just here to enjoy the festivities, like I am too. But the thing is, just that it's a difference. I could have used all of that to my advantage and my influence. And mind you, I wasn't lying. I wasn't setting her up for anything because guess what? When you put your hands on somebody, what's the first thing you're supposed to do anyway? Security. Security, that's the first thing. That's not, that's not snitching. That's the right thing to do. Because if I take matters in my own hands, I'm going to mess it up. And all the security for NKOTB, those are my peeps. I've known, Sean for over, I've known Sean for over 15 years. I'm talking about before he did security for new kids. That's how long I've known Sean. Those are my peoples. And me and Earl, of course, we became fast friends, obviously, because when we got to know each other over the last seven, eight years. But I'm like, nope, it's, this, this situation is not worth the attention. Kill them with kindness. Hurt yep. their feelings and make them look stupid by simply doing what you came to do. And that's why I said the look on their face when I got up on that stage and the love that I got from the fans, that was all the revenge that I needed. I didn't have to do nothing else. In the club, you dancing side by side with Jordan. You guys were like in sync with each yes. other. I was yes. like, I was loving it. Loving it. <laughs> my idol, you know, you already know how I feel about, about Jordan because um, as most of my fans know, um, as a solo artist and as a group member, um, Jordan was probably the most direct influence, even more than some of the other guys in the group, because in most group situations, I'm usually Jordan or Ralph. And very much Donnie, because Donnie's all in capacity. He can sing, rap, and can dance. And Jordan can rap too, but Jordan's not known for rapping, per se. No, yes. Except for exactly. Funky Funky Christmas. But the thing is, is that yeah. everybody knows the resident rappers in new kids are Donnie and Danny. Mm -hmm. Those are the resident rappers and in, in, in new kids. The same way how in New Edition, the resident rappers are Bivens and Ronnie. Yes. They can sing a little bit, but they're not, their residential part is the rap part. So that moment for me on stage with Jordan was the moment I've been waiting for since I was 13, 12 years old, because mostly anything that he did like Ralph, same thing with Ralph. Anything that him or Ralph, any of the groups that I love, I always paid attention to who danced the hardest, who danced the most. So, of course, when I found out years later that Jordan, besides Brooke Payne, was behind a lot of the choreography the new kids did and made perfect sense. Because in my unit, it was me and my best friend, Errol. People be like, Paul's moves be crazy. I'm like, well, you see the guy next to you. Who's the guy next to you with the dress? That's been my dancing choreography partner for the last over 30 something years. Like every every group that we were in, when you mm -hmm. saw the choreography was tight, you knew that it had everything to do with me and Errol. So that's, you know what I mean? We were always extreme. So dancing with Jordan, for me, that was just a, a dream come true. And then even better than just dancing with him, him just giving me the ultimate co-sign like, dude, I, you he know, I've been him. watching you for a while. Like he really, you know, and I felt that. I mean, I felt that from all the guys, but from Jordan and Danny, it meant the most to me yeah. because that, that circle of us being breakdancing, just the fact that it was my way of saying thank you. When Danny came to me first and gave me the biggest suck, he was like, dude, man, you know, he can't. and I looked at him, I said, I learned from the best. And he kind of smirked his eyes, he said, nah, nah, I said, Danny, take this shit, because you, you know, <laughs> I talk about y'all guys, well, I am nothing. Law, Planet 12, there would be none of that without the influence of you guys, New Edition, Stevie Wonder, Jimi Hendrix, James Brown, all the artists who influenced everything about me, whether it's the singing, the musicianship, the dancing, the rapping, it's, it makes my world go round to know that my heroes 
love my artistry and love me as an artist. Like I said, Donnie first met me as an artist. So that's the biggest compliment that you could ever pay someone like me, especially from an indie level, because I've never signed to a major label. I'm, a, I'm an independent artist. Mm -hmm. So to get that kind of love from the guys who've been a part of the major system that we've all been a part of in some way, again, it's the best feeling in the world. I, I could, you couldn't tell me nothing that night. And on my birthday too, I mean, come on. It's, how more, how it's much, much more perfect night. could a birthday get? It was so. I cool. mean, I, I literally, <laughs> I, I, I was stuck on cloud nine for like the next four or five days. Very scared to look at my phone because I already knew that the, the influx of people who had even known me for 15 years and then the new people who never heard anything about me and was inquiring. But what I wanted to do also to is shout out the fans because some of the fans who've been rocking with Planet Talk for so long, there were people next to them was like, yo, who is that guy? And my fans were glad to tell them who I was. Mm -hmm. So for, for all of that being in compassing to being on a cruise that celebrates all of us coming together who love the new kids on the block, because again, as I told you earlier, if I never ever performed on stage that night, I, I still would have been good. It still would have been an epic night for me, an epic four days, because I'm vacation, I'm, I'm away from my normal surroundings, and I get the party with y'all. And then of course, you know, at some point, I mean, me and Donnie and them was already going to hang anyway. We was doing that shit after the party, whatever. So my thing is just that we were already going to link up with each other regardless at one point or another. So yeah. either way, that would have happened regardless. But the fact that I was able to hang and perform not once, not twice, but three times. I mean, you know, again, shout out to God, but especially shout out to the fans because they spoke this into existence because from 15, 13 years ago, they always wanted that for me anyway. It, it feels good when, when fans and people want things for you because they've seen you not only work hard, but also because they realize, yo, he's not phony about this at all. Like, Law's for real with this. Like, yo, you saw Law's um, new kids on the block? Like, um, Jordan's mom. That That's what I want. To, that's the story I want to tell. Jordan's Marlene, the, the legendary. Yes. Marlene, his legendary sister, Sharon. I knew, I knew Sharon for years. Mm -hmm. And then David, I met, I met, cause you know, I remember, I feel like I know, like everybody, I feel like I know them because I know the story. I know the history. I got to sit with the Knight family on my birthday for 15 minutes. They were, they were waiting for um, some people to come out. They were dealing with it. Mm -hmm. And just to have the conversation. I mean, cause Sharon already knew, Sharon was like, Lord, oh, so good to finally meet you. I remember you used to tag me in all your Jordan posts and stuff. I said, I hope I wasn't annoying. He said, no, 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 I, I get it. I, I trust me. He said, as Jordan's big sister, you know, of course I'm, I'm new. I said, yeah, but you know, he said, but it was definitely different coming from you because we done seen your work. Like, they was like, yeah, man, I done seen you in church. I said, well, I mean, again, thank your, thank, thank your brothers for that because both Jordan and John on a lot of different levels became that influence. I said, the reason why I connect with y'all so much because we all come from big families. Mm -hmm. So I know about food stamps and, and, and government. I was like, government, I was like, when you talk that stuff, it was so familiar because I had the I had the same conversation with Paul, um, Donnie's brother, when we were in Fenway, mm -hmm. and I always tell Paul, I love your intro to Warburgers when you always tell people we weren't middle class, we were poor. So tell them again, they don't get it. We weren't middle class. We had food stamps. My father was a working class man that had two jobs. It's the same thing with Jordan's family. We all came from humble hood beginnings, Dorchester, Roxbury, you know, Common Square, you know, Donna Summers' nieces. They're my they're my best friends. They grew up around Jordan and all of them. So they can tell you the best stories 
in terms of that and, and what it was like. So we can relate to all these different things. You know, people had this perception about that area. And then I'm from Crown Heights, Brooklyn. My mother's from Brownsville, where Mike Tyson's from. So everybody know anything about Brooklyn. It's the same sort of deal. So that moment sitting with the Knight family and just thanking them for allowing guys like me to study their brother. I'm like, look, your brother was the one I had to keep my eye on the most because of most situations, because of my falsetto and because of the way I danced, I had to be, sometimes I was Joey and sometimes I was Jordan. I had to be Jordan. So my thing is that thank God for your brother and thank God for nurturing him the way that you do it. And then God bless Marlene because she's the last mother standing. So I just, I bow in her presence. I'm like, Man, may God bless you with more life and more abundance. Now you see why John and them love their mother so much, man. That's that's priceless. So that, I, I got emotional talk. I almost went, I had to fight back tears talking to Aunt Marley. It was really emotional for me. You know, aren't they lovely? They're just such a nice family. Like they are. I, I, I can't. And David said, when you come, you come to the outskirts. Let me know. I'm like, dude, trust me. I'm going to hit you up when I come out. That <laughs> <laughs> come hang out. You know that they're just, they're just a good family. They remind me so much of my family because we were always very inviting to people of any common ground. And everybody knows the stories about Jordan and John and their brothers and yeah. and um, being around the environment where people couldn't understand, especially in, in, a, in a state and city that's very much known for high-level racial tension. And here's these white kids that actually were in compass and have more common with, with black kids than they have with some of their own friends. Like Donnie said in Behind the Music, what he said, what we had in common with the kids at Roxbury was guess guess what? We got holes in our shoes too, just like you. So it ain't just it ain't just you now. We got holes too. Our mothers our, our mothers check didn't come in yet. So guess what? We gotta wear these damn shoes until she gets the money so we can go get some new shoes. Mm -hmm. So there's the common ground right there. See what I'm saying? What I told you before in the last interview, you don't know anybody until you sit down and kick it with them and learn their story and their journey about where they've been and where they're going. Mm -hmm. That's why I don't come out with that. I try to get to, I, I get to know people in their walks of life, whether they're straight, gay, Jewish, Catholic, I don't give a shit. Mm -hmm. We all got a story to tell. Some of us have escaped poverty. Some of us escaped abuse. Some of us escaped being tormented by, by parental beliefs and political parties agitations. You know what I'm saying? So if you sit down and kick it with somebody, that's why you, you saw me on the boat. It's like, there's log. I'm like, you know why? Because I'm getting to know these people up front who've been following me forever. And trust me, knowing my reputation, I'm pretty sure they were wondering, let's see what he's really like outside the social media stuff. And I get it because you know, on social media, you know, I, 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 I am who I am. You know that. I am who I am. And the thing is, is that people, to see people hit me up um, days after the cruise and they were just like, Man, he's the nicest person I ever met. He's so cool. Like, you know, I was expecting, you know, the whole, and I'm just like, well, I keep telling y'all, persona and personality are two different things because what you see on social media is definitely a part of who I am. It is me. But the thing yeah. is that there's also more understanding because I'm regular. I'm not yeah. caught up in the hype. Yes, I know who I am. Yes, I have a platinum resume. I work with someone. So I've done all these amazing things in the music industry. Outside of that, I am still the same Brooklyn dude that loves his Chinese food, his pizza, and plays video games for five hours if I have nothing else to do with my career at that point. So that was one of the interesting things for me, too, even though we'd done a show together already and I knew yes. about you and your social media and stuff. It was it was cool to actually see you in your elements and be like, 
I get it. He's kicking some ass. Like now I really see what you do. And it was really awesome yeah. to just witness that with my it, own eyes, you know? Yeah. And that was only just, again, that was only just a snippet. Like for the fans who have seen the, the video clips, including yourself, I was so glad that that one split of a performance is what people, I mean, people are still talking about it now. It's been what, two, two weeks already? <laughs> two, two weeks? Two, three weeks? Yeah. And it just fills my heart with joy when I wake up every morning and I still got people sending me clips on Twitter and, and Instagram and people just saying how much and then they couldn't be like, by the way, I just bought your, I just bought all three of your albums once. Man, I had no idea. Like that. So, nice. you know, and then Donnie was about Donnie was in my live today. He snuck up in my live, like without me seeing him. <laughs> and, you know, and just in that paraphrase, because I heard that he told me, I mean, we spoke a little bit after the um after the cruise. And he just told me that, you know, people were just coming to him about me. Like, they were literally talking to him. And it's like, yo, he's like, yeah, man. So that's the best feeling in the world that I'm proud that people got to know me in person. That's yeah. more important to me because anybody could put on a facade for the camera. Thank God I, I don't. But I'm just saying more mm. so any, anybody could still put up a facade on for the camera. But it was good that people really got a chance to learn who I am as a person. Mm -hmm. How I move, you know, they were making jokes. He's like, say, hey, wait, wait, what you drink? Wait, I know what you want to drink. And they bought me a Pepsi. He's like, we know you love Pepsi. I'm like, yeah, I'm a Pepsi head. So they know it's not talk. We know it's not talk. It's the real deal. Yeah, I mean, they 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 know, and, and that just made me feel even 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 with the party that um that Amanda, the great Amanda, threw for me. Amanda D, you know, mm -hmm. our first, our amazing first responder. You know, the party she threw for me along with Tuffy, shout to Tuffy. You know, nice. that alone, the, the labor of love that she and her team put into cutting up pictures with me and, and the new kids and and uh -huh. me and Tuffy and so my album. They even found my old mixtapes. My mixtapes are not even available anymore. We're going to change that for next year, though. My, <laughs> my first two mixtapes, they found the album covers for that. I'm like, oh, it almost made me cry. I was like, that's nice. What y'all know about that album? What y'all know about that mixtape? But that made me feel good. And then um Raven, um, you know, um, you know, her her, her platform. I love her, Raven. Man, Raven is the truth. That woman done been to all my shows and and she blessed me with an amazing cake. Aww, um, you know, she's she, so sweet. She did, a, she did a special mix of my songs for her for her radio program. And her oh. daughter's a beast as a DJ too. Her daughter's incredible. Um again, to sum it all up in that paraphrase. You know, again, just when I thought that hanging out with Stevie Wonder for five hours couldn't be topped, Donnie found a way to respectfully do it. And the fact that the fans were there to witness it and see it. And I ain't going to lie, I felt the way in a good way because I was just like, well, if people didn't know that I was for real, they know now. At least they know at this point. So now they can, because, you know, anybody can talk a good one, but I'm from the land of show and prove. So the fact that, that he gave me the microphone and I was ready, because, again, I wasn't trying to be like, I'm gonna go up and say that. Yeah, I'm gonna go take that. It's just like, listen, if he calls me, great. If he forgets, that's cool too. And I'm not gonna blame him because I really wasn't there to perform. I'm just there to enjoy the festivities for my birthday and be around the people. So the fact that I got to perform and do all that at the same time, oh yeah, this birthday's gonna be very hard to top. So <laughs> next year, let let's let's see what happens next year. But so far, this was the one. And in all my years, I'm not going to give my age on here, but in all my <laughs> years of um, 
of doing this thing, this is definitely one of those major highlights on a lot of different levels. So, yeah. Before we wrap it up, I was just saying when we we were we touched on when we pulled into port there, there had been a lot of tears. It was just yeah. so moving. Like my friends and I, we were all like, we had been bawling our eyes out <laughs> because it was so emotionally like in a good way. Heavy. Yeah, like it, it was nice. So I do remember saying goodbye to you, but I was also kind of drunk. <laughs> I, I wouldn't notice and I know nothing about what was going on. So I'm going to pretend like you didn't say that. But it's real. It's real. I'm, I'm messing with you. Yeah, no, it was fantastic to get to know you and spend that time. And like you said, it was cool that we we'd run into each other at so many random moments. And well, I just wanted to keep amazing. giving you a lot of encouragement because and I remember I told you right before Donnie stepped to you, I told you, I'm like, I said, knowing him, I said, I'm pretty sure he's heard your show. He knows what's up. He knows the whole bit. But also, too, the thing that I wanted to come across, you know, if you don't mind me saying this to you in public, but um, the thing that I really wanted to to press upon you was your brand is your brand. You have an incredible brand. Just like how Rat Rat sells brands incredible. The good sure thing is. about that, I want, to, I, want, I want to touch upon that too. To see you, Chair Chatter, and y'all together, see, I'm going to say this again. I wish more of the hip-hop podcast like that. But see, in hip-hop, 90% of the time, is dog, he's dog is like, well, our podcast is better than theirs. And I'm like, it's not a competition. Mm-hmm. There's room for everybody. So my thing is to see y'all guys conversing with each other, trading notes and helping each other out. And, and just the other night, um, Rat Tail and, um, and Chair Child did a whole thing on Instagram. And I, I was up in there. And the thing is just that yeah. that made me feel good to see that because I love all y'all guys' platforms. But you in particular, I want to share that with you because of a couple of conversations that we had over, over those three or four days. Mm-hmm. And I kept telling you, continue to walk in your confidence, continue to walk in your brand, because it could be that one situation that could easily turn things around and make people, because it's not just because it's dedicated to new kids, it's because it's dedicated to all things of nostalgia that we love, be it pop culture, music, movies, fashion. You have a lot to say, too. You have a lot to say, too. Yeah. You have a lot to say. So for me, it's just... That encouraged me a lot coming from you. Thank you. Really well, yeah, did. because I really and I really mean it because I'm just like, what's there not to love? What's there not to love about what you do? Your spirit is amazing. Your smile is amazing. So why not? Like, why not yeah. put that to use and keep promoting what you do in addition? Because you don't know how God's going to bless you. So and I'm just trying to give that to you. And you're teaching me well, yeah, it's not I, it's not arrogance to be confident and believe in what you do. That's not arrogance. No, it's just, at, at, look, at yeah. this point. Every real human being, and I'm gonna say, because I, I was called, I was called arrogant at one point. It was so funny because I'm just sitting there laughing. I'm just like, you really think that I am? I said, that's interesting. I said because last time I checked, I spend more time promoting people on my page than I do my own stuff. So, some mm. some arrogant motherfucker, I, I turn out to be wow. I, I just care about these people. I thought that was the opposite, but you know, some people mm. just like to hear themselves talk, as you know. So we just want to have some point and say like, oh, he's out, he's out. I said, no, I'm just convinced. I'm confident in who I am. I know mm-hmm. who I am. I know what I bring to the table. And most importantly, I love people. I don't walk around. If that was the case, I wouldn't have put that famous disclaimer up. Did you know that every fan came to me on that first day and said to me, Law, I just want to come and say hello because I saw your tweet about um, 
um don't bring that don't bring that weird shit on the boat because I'm yeah that. I remember I that. that was going to the cop the fans remembered that tweet that's how you know that they really really paid attention to what I say because they knew what I meant and just for just to clear up for people for people that didn't know what I meant to clear that up the reason why I said that thing about don't bring the weird shit and say hello or yell if you see me is because every time I was at either a new edition concert or the new kids concert. I would see a whole bunch of fans. You know, a lot of fans would come up on me. Hey, what up, Lord? Let's take a picture of them. And of course, I do all that. Again, some arrogant motherfucker I am. I'm taking selfies with everybody today. Hmm. So people would hit me up later in my DMs two days later about, well, I saw you, but I didn't want to disturb. Disturb what? <laughs> I wasn't having a meeting. I'm I wasn't guilty of doing that. I wasn't having a meeting at a new kid's concert. I'm enjoying myself. And then the thing is just that, if I didn't want to be barbing Naomi, why the hell would I come to a place where you know if I run into 30 people that I know, they're going to stop me or say what's up to me? Come on. I'm from the hood. I'm from the hood when people see you walking. Yo, Lord, what up? I'm from the streets. I'm used to that. To this very day, when I when I go to my old neighborhood, I'll see my uncle's old friends, the OGs, if you call them. Oh, shit. What up, Lord? Came around for a minute. You came to see us? Well, of course. You know how I do we're from that environment. So picture me at a new kids or new edition concert and I don't say hello to somebody. Mm -hmm. I said, no, you didn't try. You got caught up in this thing thinking that I'm probably so into my, I'm planning 12, I'm planning 12, Lord, I'm not going to see you. <laughs> I just get to hang out with D-Nice and, and Donnie Wahlberg. And I'm like, man, no. If I don't mm -hmm. want to be bothered, I wouldn't come out and I would just hang backstage all night. Yeah. And Me not too. be bothered with anybody. So my thing was just that, I had to warn people before we got on the boat. If you see me, say what's up. If I don't happen to see you or hear you, you can yell and I'll stop the conversation I'm having and I'll acknowledge you and be like, I see you, what's up? And then of course, if I'm done with that conversation, I'm gonna definitely wanna say hello to you or give you a hug or give, if, it's, if it's a dude, give you a pound or some shit. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Because that's me, I love people. So my thing is that how in the hell could I possibly be arrogant or full of myself or not wanting to speak when I just gave a big ass disclaimer about people coming to say hello to me. That's true. It's all about how you treat people that really determines your that part. Thank right? you. I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad you knew that because it felt good to see people quoting my own thing to me because they see that okay, law is really for real. He really meant that. So mm -hmm. that made me feel good when fans were hitting me up um two days later and was like, oh, I got my picture with Law. Like he said, what's up? Like he's he's really a man of his world. Like he gave me a big hug and. I saw him again at dinner. I think I sat with a couple of them at dinner at some place because that's really who I am when I go anywhere. That's not me being close. I know there's going to be a point in time I'm not going to be able to do that all the time. So I cherish those moments with the people who I work, was able to hang out with and, and share some jewels and drop some gems and tell some stories that they probably may want to hear or whatever the case may be. Or just simply have jokes and just be have fun and laugh. I love to laugh, as you know. I'm a clown. I love to laugh and, and joke around. And I love being around people that love to do the same thing. You take yourself too seriously. I can't be around you. That's a turn off. Yeah. No, no I agree. I agree. I'm glad that you uh, made the time to talk to me about all of the, the fun events of the last couple of weeks. <laughs> thank you so much for, for your time today. And like, no, I'm just so happy you. for you that you had such an amazing experience for your very first cruise. Thank, I mean, it's crazy. I'm still, and you know, people are still tripping off the fact that it was my first new kids cruise, but that goes to show you me and Donnie's relationship because 
because of the times that we've spent together so far and because he made the announcement that we're working together and doing some stuff together, people automatically thought that I was on the last 9 or 10 crew. I said, no, it's my first New Kids cruise. But I get why people thought that. People thought that I had been on here before. I'm like, no, this is my first. Yeah. Because they understood the energy between me and my big brothers is real. But because in a normal setting, if it was on the cruise, that would be our energy anyway. I remember on this on this last mixtape tour, me and Danny had the dopest conversation after the show was over. We was he was getting on the bus and stuff. And then of course me and John, you know, John John's reaction every time he sees, he's like, "Damn, do you know came all the way out?" I'm like, "Yeah, man, you kidding me?" So it's almost like people see that and they automatically think, like, "Okay, he must have been on here 20 million. I'm like, "No, it's my first because again, every time that a cruise was happening, I had my own shows. I have to remind the fans, you know, I do have my own career, you know. <laughs> I'm, I was being sarcastic and joking, about, but I did mean when I say, I'm like, I can't just drop a gig that's paying me buku bucks just yeah. to go and hang and party with my big brothers and some of my other fans. I said, but God's going to make a way, and God did. And when he made a way, Donnie was like, mm-hmm, I got a surprise well, for your ass. I'm hoping we get to so, do it again. So I, I'm just, Oh, no, it's, I can tell you right now, and I think if you ask Donnie, he'll say the same thing, too. It's definitely happening again. You heard the announcement he made at the party. It's definitely happening yeah. again. It's a matter of how we're going to get it done. Now, mind you, I may make the announcement out of full pride and pushing the narrative forward, but when my big brother confirms it, that's how you know <laughs> it's real. And he, he said it. He said it in front of y'all that night. He said, he sure did. Lord Donnie at the party, 2023, 2024, whenever we get a chance to do this. So best believe that... I am definitely, one way or the other, going to do it again at any capacity. I will be at the next one or probably and probably the next one after that, depending on anything else. Now, if something crazy changes where it may be beneficial because just so you know something about Donnie, Donnie, was, it was one situation where he wanted me to come to the Connecticut show during the mixtape tour. I came to the New York show already. It's like, yo, he said, you want to come on to the Connecticut show? I said, you know what, Donnie? I looked into it. That's the far part of Connecticut. Because, you know, I live, I live closer to the early part of Connecticut where you can get on the ferry and go to Stanford and be there within 20 minutes. This one mm. was a little bit further out. And I was like, dude, I, I got to show tomorrow. And he was like, you ain't even got to explain it. Go make your money, little bro. <laughs> he knows. Donnie knows. Because, look, mm -hmm. Donnie got to make his money when you get on that set. It's still a business, yep. no matter what. It's fun. It's love. You're doing you what you love, but you gotta, you still gotta go to but work. Business is business. He signed a contract, which I'm pretty sure they negotiated on some very good terms. So, Mr. Wahlberg, make sure that he is diligently on that set, no yep. matter what. Exactly. So, hello, it has to be done. So I'm, I'm just grateful. I'm humbled. I'm thankful. In their words of one of my favorite new kid songs, I'm just, I'm just very honored that. My big brothers love me the way that they do, and I love them equally the same way, if not more. Um, it's something tangible to hold on to along with some of the rest of the incredible new fans I made along the way, and even the ones that have been rocking with me since 2008, even the ones that have been rocking with me since MySpace, going even further back before Twitter, before Instagram. It, it's just amazing. So, um, again, thank you for having me on the show. Um, just to even come right. and share my excitement and my joy that I'm still feeling some two weeks later after the cruise. It's amazing. Always. And thank you for being so amazing. And uh, I'll talk oh, to you hopefully you. again soon. <laughs> oh, yes, we will. Definitely. L listen, woman, you keep on keeping on with this incredible podcast. They didn't hear me talk about you. I didn't bragged about you. Um, that was a highlight for me during this cruise was being able to 
meet you in person, then we get to we get to hang out multiple times. I'm like, that's that don't happen when you first meet somebody on a big ass cruise. I'm like, <laughs> we keep running into each other. I, I kept bugging me out. Remember, I'm like, I could there be in the most again. honest place. I could be in the most honest place to look. Cause remember, even in the whole four days, I there's still certain parts of the boat I didn't even make it to. Ain't that some mm -hmm. shit? That's how mm -hmm. big that boat is. I'm like, I didn't even make it certain parts. And I'm just like, but here I am. I'm over here chilling. I look, Naomi, that's you? What's up? What you doing over here? It, it's You can't make this shit up. I love it. You can't make it up. You cannot make this type of thing up. But again, God's energy is everything. But um, but yeah, you know, thank you again just for, just for being you. Much blessings. As you know, I'm always here with Mimi. Um, I don't mind being a, a recurring guest on the show. I actually just love your, your energy, your atmosphere, and you continue being beautifully you. Keep Thank continuing you. to let that light shine and don't let anybody take your smile away. God bless you. Thank you. God you will bless be, you. You will be back on one day. <laughs> we'll do it again. Oh, hey, hey, let me know. You know, I'm around. <laughs> All right. You have a wonderful rest of your night, okay? You too, lovely. Thank you. Join me next week for more tales of our adventures out at sea with the new kids on the block.